and I have in the studio here with me Sinead Gill uh, and Finn Campbell, both uh, politics um, postgrad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, masters students. in politics. Masters in politics students, and also two um, active people I've had Finn in before um, for uh, environmental stuff. Um, but uh, student politics um, has been uh, the thing of the past few weeks um, and student activism and we've seen protests and, and organising and it all started um, with this, I mean there's been you know grander things that we'll get to going on but this recent um, spike in activity has all started with this um, censorship issue I guess uh, of the so-called menstruation issue of of critic that had an image on the front of it um, that the university took issue with. Now I just want to get some details on this because do we know how that process went, went? What happened with the removing of it? Mm, um, the proctor. A, yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Well, if we if we listen to everything that the university has said and may they never lie to us mm. um, but it, it seems that when when uh, critic staff uh, were informed that their magazines were an incorrect location in in, pub, in public areas off campus mm. uh, that they went to go collect it themselves uh, when they came back they realised that um, a whole swathe of the rest of their magazine in other public areas were also missing and thought that someone had um, gone and taken it upon themselves to remove it, whether they be angry or whatever. Uh, through the resulting confusion, mm. it appears that uh, Campus Watch and the Proctor were responsible for it. Um, where, where that order really came from, seems like Dave, Dave Scott has put his hand up and, and said... And that's the proctor. Yep. That has put their hand up and said... So is he going to resign now? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, university administration, people get paid what they do to be the target for these sort of things. But, I mean, he's apologised and mm. we don't blame him for this because we think it's symptomatic of a much larger issue that the university has. Right. And so this this week, um, the cri the critic has this... Uh, on the front cover of their magazine, this um, redacted uh, was this a press release or uh, a statement to critic? Oh, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember this. I'm pretty sure it was a press release, like the original mm. before mm. it was censored, obviously. Mm. Um, yeah, that's my understanding. I'm not a pile critic, so I, I yeah, yeah, no, no, we we don't want to get stuck on on the critic thing because I think. Um, it, you know, if we, if we reduce it all to this thing about the cover, then we're going to miss out on some larger structural yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it doesn't matter what your opinion of the cover is because mm. that's irrelevant. The problem is that um, the university drew a line in the sand of what students can and can't talk about, and that's not right. Um, but it's also not the first time it's happened. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, it, it is sort of kind of strategic, the fact that we can we can say that it was the menstruation issue that they had a problem with as well. Don't I mean, the, 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 to play devil's advocate, the argument has been, uh, oh, it was the cover that was the problem. 
Mm. And then that's the thing, like, it was actually, I'm a co-founder of the Women's Plus Club, Mm -hmm. um, and it was actually members of this club that approached Critic with the idea for a menstruation issue. Um, It was a woman who designed the cover. Um, I mean, there's a lot of words being thrown around about opinions, but I kind of feel like it all just sort of detracts from Mm -hmm. the bigger picture. But yeah, it's just a damn shame that it happened to be an issue full of very important messages. And already um, from day two, I think, we saw some wins from that issue. So the university claimed that all female bathrooms had sanitary bins, which was incorrect. Um, I think the Wednesday, so this was after the it had been released that Campus Watch had destroyed the um, critic magazines. Yeah. We were contacted by um, someone from the history department saying that they'd been there for 10 years. There are two female bathrooms and only one had ever had a sanitary bin. And today they got a second sanitary bin. So it's good right. to see that positive change. Cool. Yeah, and I, I, I guess what I was getting at there as well, I, I guess you could just say, well, they t- destroyed the whole magazine, didn't they? they it's mm-hmm. not like they destroyed the cover. Yeah, exactly. Kind of I mean, also, we spent hours putting stickers. I don't know if people have seen those, like, um, stickers around. Mm. Um, like, boys bleed too, and hello, I'm on my period. Um, yeah, we got money. We got about $340 from OUSA. Um, to get these stickers, someone mm. from Critic designed them. Actually, she works for Radio One as well. Um, and we spent hours putting them on the cover to like spread them. It was a b- big part of this period campaign. It wasn't yeah. just this one issue. Yeah. Um, and you know, those those are all thrown in the trash. So it was just yeah. And so, uh, so you have had support from OUSA um, yeah. for this for the menstruation issue in itself. So um, what's happened since is there's been a protest. How, how did that go in terms of um, its message and, and uh, yeah. people involved? Well, um, how how did it happen? How did it go? And what's the point? I suppose is what we're yeah. we're interested in is um, come Tuesday night, the night of the the campus watch in the magazine. Mm. Um, come Wednesday morning, uh, everyone was everyone who's been a part of the protest um, basically showed up at clubs and societies building and they were just kind of running around in circles going what on earth is going on this is outrageous this is nonsensical why would campus watch do that we need to we need to demonstrate that the university needs to see a, a, a line in the sand is being drawn by students i think every time every time one of these the university does something and students ask for input or students ask for it not to happen Mm. Uh, nothing nothing comes of it and the university kind of moves its line further forward into kind of what we can do as reasonable people and still be hard like hard working overworked university students with no money who are living in a really cold climate mm. and kind of just generally just struggle, struggling anyway i think everyone who's been a part of this has been a really reasonable down to earth person who's just said i'm just so sick of this mm. yeah enough I, is enough yeah. i mm. mean we're just all this there's all this pent up frustration of lack of consultation you know end of last year um all our counselors were made redundant student health the mental health side of things did a big restructure um this year humanities is looking at a huge restructure mm, yeah, um yeah. it's just time after time um these decisions are being made and students aren't being consulted and you know they can explain it away but in the case of critic you know it could have been as simple as a call from campus watch to critic mm-hmm. and that didn't happen it's just there's just no there's no communication there's no proper consultation right and and so I mean, now it's totally understandable your point that this is symptomatic, this destruction of the magazines is symptomatic of 
a lack of consultation with students. Yeah, and, exactly. and and you mentioned the humanities rejig, the the schools rejig. Now mm. this is something that's creeping up on us, I think. And I think um, hopefully you guys, um, with the with the, um, the the spike in activity that this has had, will be able to get people um, ahead of the curb. Uh, kind of um, proactively mm-hmm. um, making sure that uh, students' interests are, are, um, are kept ahead yeah. of this re- of this we're, humanities we're restructure. We're sick of reacting. We're sick of having to do something in hindsight. Mm. Yeah, and I think the ho- the whole point for the protest for us was that we want two things for for students. Um, we want them to see. Um, this this type of action is something that will regularly happen and affect their daily lives and that the the regular decisions you're making as students when you're choosing to put your name on something or not choosing to put your name on something, that is something that now should never have been up for debate. But mm-hmm. I know many of my peers wanted to wanted to speak out about this and then said, Well, wait, I don't want the university finding out that I that I'm a part of this. Yeah. And I think also I want people to see that there is actually action to be taken beyond this. I mm-hmm. think we're we're very comfortable talking with the university and asking for for more change. But I think when we look around New Zealand, you got, got to look and say that something bigger has got to be done. And so that's why we're writing a letter to Chris Hipkins calling calling for his help. Right. We we need greater reforms than just mm-hmm. a protest. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, this protest is just the beginning. So mm. today, even we actually had a huge meeting um, in which people were welcome to come and pitch in. We have different work streams of like just the next step. We've got panel on Thursday because a lot of people. Yeah, what's the details on that? Yeah, so six to eight p.m. Thursday in the main common room. Um, okay. Yeah, so we're going to have some speakers and basically answer questions because we had about 170 to 180 people turn up to the protest, which was awesome. But there were a lot of questions, you know, like, what do we mean by censorship? What mm-hmm. do we mean by consultation? What's VSM? You know, what do we mean by yeah, OSA yeah. not being independent? So yeah. it's just, I think there are a lot of people who, you know, they didn't know and they want to know. Mm. Yeah, so there's, and, it, you know, you've got this, so there's this organisation student voice and and what what's happen- what I've kind of seen here is a convergence of of themes and issues and a quite the coalition of you know we've, last year it was um students against uh, sexual violence was big we've got menstruation we've got consultation we've got you know just the grander kind of neoliberalization of our universities uh we need sol- solidarity with um staff members absolutely um and we've got the humanities rejig and ssr i mean is there a, a risk um with this convergence of of so many things i mean even though they're connected that's the thing i think you know we haven't in the past couple of decades, I mean, we we talk about the 90s as being a glorious time for student activism and when mm. we all got together. And since then, it's been very issue-based. So, you know, the likes of SASV, Students Against Sexual Violence, you know, that was, you know, issue-based protests. Whereas now it's sort of recognising that there's a common theme and that, you know, students need to work together um, because at the end of the day, we're all facing, you know, these consultation censorship issues. And so this student voice ideally becomes a platform like you know the megaphone for you know these groups to come to us and be like hey like you know you guys are talking about lack of consultation and we don't feel like we're getting our voices heard and we want your help and that's ideally what will happen Mm -hmm. and i think 
to your point about what's the risk of converting this is I think this was a this was a natural occurrence we we for the most part our members have been part of different movements in the past yeah. but I think when we all sat down together we all sat down as our own individual selves and went this is just getting ridiculous I've I've been going through this I've been going through that mm-hmm. I can see where this has been happening this is affecting staff this is affecting students and the reason why it is such a convergence is because everyone's like why the heck does the university get to put brands above student and staff voice and well-being mm-hmm. and that seems to be the real problem this is because I think if we ever spoke to the university once and said maybe maybe we have to talk to you properly and try and speak your language wouldn't your brand be better if you actually took the time to listen to staff and students and made them feel like their lives were better and that they were being listened to yeah if there was a more democratic process of students getting involved and sort of and staff mm. you know like the seats being taken from the uni council all that sort of thing just plays into the whole the university has an image and an agenda and you know we don't factor into that even though mm. we're you know the main stakeholders yeah and i, I guess you really got to interrogate their their actions as well because while while there's i mean for example there was the redundancies from the you know a few clock tower positions um were gone when all this was was happening and then uh at the same time the university you know drafts uh, for example, the action plan on equity and diversity policy to to ha- I haven't have, seen that to ha- to have a, <laughs> yeah. a panel, which my, through my kind of cynical lens is a process of of uh, box ticking and and and, and su- superficial um, action. I mean, I'm being I'm prejudging this um, anyway, but I guess it's it's a matter of, of of holding to account and then following following through and, and really kind of interrogating. Um, you know what they're what they're doing. How has it been in terms of of newcomers, in terms of getting students who weren't active before uh, involved uh, and educated on these issues? Uh, yeah, very very interesting. I think it was sort of challenging in its own right. I mm. think as as part of the group that even was centrally responsible for organising the protest, there were many people in there. Who this was their second second ever like protest, first one in the last ten years sort of experience. I think it's it's a it's a bad sign when people who don't protest want to protest. Yeah. <laughs> also, there are a lot of people like even today, you know, meeting new faces, and I think it could be really intimidating getting involved in these sort of things because you think, you know, what could I possibly have to contribute? You know, mm-hmm. I'm a first or second year, and I don't feel oppressed. Um, but it's just that, you know, that systematic, you know, your lecturers are talking about, you know, maybe losing their job and you're not mm-hmm. talking about it and it's just these sort of unhad conversations. And Or, your, you know, last year my counsellor got made redundant and that really woke me up to, you know, how absolutely mm. nuts this is, that yeah. this could just happen, that they could just receive an email and suddenly goodbye. But, um, you know, everyone has something to offer because everyone has their own story. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's a, it's a matter of, of um, helping students realise that their their everyday problems are connected to these larger larger things, uh, and, and it may be explaining to them the things that are going on that you know there'll be a little ODT article or a critic article 
uh, and then it will um, you know disappear I guess maybe one of the um, problems you guys might face is continuing this enthusiasm yeah I mean probably mm. I mean it's understandable we're about to go into exams yeah, that's why yeah. we had this meeting today and probably tomorrow and then again on Thursday with the panel um, just to like make sure that people who have time right now we can do as much as we can because unfortunately the reality is that as much time as we can sacrifice like I have an essay due Thursday I've barely started yeah. um, shout out to Jim if you're listening <laughs> I'll be asking for an extension yeah. um, but you know like it's just doing what you can yeah yeah, yeah and I think one thing that's always frustrated people and being another catalyst to action is that a lot of these negative things if you look back to when they happen it's right at when course is at at, 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 at its highest every time there's a restructuring mm-hmm. every time there's a consultation the university bless their soul mm-hmm. they've got really bad time management awkwardly you'd almost, <laughs> you'd almost think it was intentional yeah. that every time something bad happens that needs a, a response it happens right when students are at their most stressed their most yeah. vulnerable and I think if I want to talk to a point that you made earlier about students seeing themselves in part of the action I think if you're sitting in your flat and you think I don't have enough money, I can't. I have to consider my power bill. I need to consider turning off the heating. I need to consider very carefully what I buy for food. I mm. can't. I haven't bought clothes in three years. Um, you're gonna say, "Where's where's your? Where would you normally say that to? Mm. Who who would you be upset about that? Because it's not your fault. Mm. You can't do anything about that because the system is set up around you and you're supposed to just deal with it and get along going with it and so that's not that's not censorship but that's your voice and well-being that's just sitting there waiting and having mm-hmm. nothing happen to it yeah and it's it all it's all important mm. i mean just to go back on your note about the awkward inconvenient timing um of these submissions like the student health management of change um submission deadline was in exam period mm. um last year the end of last year that's why they have exams to keep us down <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that's why we all have busy workloads and we have no time to talk to staff because staff are too busy mm-hmm. you know marking essays and we can't it's amazing because I didn't even realise until last week about how much action's taking place in other campuses, like a new university, Auckland. The Massey's had two protests in a public panel in the past seven days. It's kind of amazing knowing that it's sort of all happening at once, like all these students are feeling these pressures and trying mm. to do something about it. Um, but there's no way to connect, yeah. apart from social media, you know? Mm. Yeah, well, the the, um, the word for the schools, uh, humanities schools rejig, that is going to start pretty much in December and January where when people are away. So definitely, I think, yeah, getting ahead of, of things and, and really... I mean, my view on it is that we we should probably um, demand that postgrads not get moved. um, Mate, you're barking up the right tree because, (laughs) (laughs) like, we actually called for a public meeting with the Pro Vice Chancellor of Humanities. I can't remember which month, maybe March. Um, Mm. But you know, in the actual um, restructure proposal for humanities, postgrads are actually specifically mentioned, saying Mm. that postgrads feel isolated. Um, And so, when we had this meeting, I asked them like. How do you know this? You know, on on what? So there's a pilot survey of um, what postgrad experiences last year. I think that the former postgrad officer did. Um, I think there were about five postgrads on there, um, and then asked when asked about consultation or just consulting students. You know, mm. 
Um, God bless his heart. I'm sure that the PVC Humanities like genuinely just believes that this is consultation. But he was like, oh, in 2016, I talked to Laura Harris. You know, like it just things like that. Yeah, and yeah. it's just that's a real issue when the people who have control over our own degrees and mm-hmm. our staff think that that's okay. Mm. And it's and it's not just that we get these token consultations. It's mm-hmm. they come up with the idea first and then ask us how much we like it rather than asking us what would be a good idea. Right. <laughs> oh, and in terms of restructuring humanities, there's actually no obligation to consult students, mm-hmm. not even staff. Uh, he explained it, that he was being very benevolent talking to us because, in fact, he could propose a restructure and take it straight to Senate. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I will give him props because he has talked to staff a lot and the politics department have been incredible consulting students, but it wasn't a mandatory thing and it was just pure luck Yeah. Um, that we had a good department. Well, you know, yeah, well, well, luckily the humanities departments are on our side, you know, and I mean it's it's um, you know above them where where it starts to get a bit bit tricky. So yeah, definitely uh, solidarity with with uh, and, and uh, cooperation with with uh, lecturers and, and staff. I mean, you know, the supports uh, services review or you know is that what that stands for? Yeah, the SSR. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that is definitely a place where um, organ, uh, you know, cooperation needs to happen with 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 staff. Um, so going forward, uh, how do people get involved? Um, and uh, you know, what kind, of, what are the names of the organisations, that kind of thing? Uh, any other protests uh, or anything um, planned? I know you have the panel on Thursday. Yeah, so we have like a few work streams people have like more than welcome to get involved in and to do that head up the Facebook page or if you look up student voice in the groups there should be a group that you can actually join mm. um, but if you're struggling just message the page and we'll direct you straight to there because um, the only reason that student voice became a thing is because after realising you know holy shit like we need to do something um, I think a Facebook group was created and I think there's almost 600 people on it now so it's basically just putting a name to all those people yeah um, so that's why it's called that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyone's welcome to get involved. Yeah. And there's always going to be more work to be done because this is the protest hasn't solved anything, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, no, true. And I think yeah, we've got a we have a meeting on Thursday, uh, six to eight pm in the yeah. main common room. That's an opportunity for you yourself to come learn about more of our grievances and what we want to share. And then also that's an opportunity for you to join. And then. We'll let everyone actually get some sleep after exams because <laughs> we're going to need it as well because it's going to be a busy second semester yeah. and then we'll we'll have stuff in the pipeline ready to join in and we're going to kick some butt. Great. Awesome. Thanks, um, Finn and Sinead, for, for coming in and, and, and good luck with good luck with everything. Is there anything I missed? Uh, I don't think so. Don't Are think you coming so. to the panel? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the panel. So, yeah, panel, main, main common room uh, on Thursday at um, uh, 6 till 8 pm. Thanks, folks. Uh, it's 13 to 2 pm. Uh, this interview will be up online uh, at some point uh, if you want to listen back.